This is 51st Dates, and I'm your host, Jolie Moore. They say that hindsight is 2020. I decided to find out if that's true. Every week, I'm going to read a chapter from my memoir, 51st Dates, then give you the backstory and commentary on what really went down. It's been two whole years since I went on these dates, and I'll be experiencing them along with you as I read. We'll find out together if my future self learned anything. I don't know if I have anything figured out, but at least we'll share some laughs along the way. Dating in Southern California is nothing if not entertaining. Ready? Strap in. Let's go. Hi, welcome to 51st Dates. This is episode 26, and I'm your host, Jolie Moore. So 26 puts us over the hump, I think. Um... Although I think there are 51 dates, but um, <laughs> we're, we're well over the halfway point um, in about May of uh, 2019. Oh my God. So I'm sitting here, my hair is wet, it's Sunday, so some things um, have gone back to normal. Um, and it's warm outside. Uh, the beach was busy and hot, even though I got there early this morning, but the waves were great. Um, the ocean is very calming. I think I find my uh, little 12 mile, uh, bike ride, uh, to be quite meditative. It helps me puzzle out lots of things, either story problems or life problems. So, well, okay. So there's good news. The good news is that my ex finally signed the divorce decree. So once it gets through the court, which is backlogged to who knows when, I will actually be divorced. It's so exciting. It only took me 30 months. Um, And in the meantime, I had a whole lot of dates. Um, So that's uh, the good news. So let's see, fully vaccinated, everybody's healthy. Um, (laughs) I will be divorced maybe even by summer. Not that I want to get remarried or anything. I don't know. I just want to be free of the obligation of that man. But, um... What have I been thinking about? I have been thinking about... So let me say this. I think I... not. I think my plan is to stop seeing the guy I'm seeing. I think the issue I have... I was trying to think of the right word to describe him. And I think the word is equivocal. He just, you know... It's not that I even like want a commitment. I just want consistent behavior. And that seems to be some huge hurdle to climb uh, for this guy and maybe not for everyone. The thing is, it's so funny. Like at some point he like walks into my apartment and he looks at me and he goes, you're the same. And I thought, that's right. I'm the same. I'm, this is me. This is all that it is. It will be the same. I hope to grow and change and whatever. But for the most part, it's the same. I cannot say the same of him. You know, one day it's, you know, you're the best thing ever. And the next day, you know, I, if I so much as text him, you know, it's as if I have, you know, breached the shores of Normandy. I don't know. Um, That's probably like the wrong metaphor. Or maybe it's not the wrong metaphor. It just, um, every interaction with him feels like, either the easiest thing in the world or the hardest thing in the world. And I don't like that inconsistency. I don't understand why. Actually, see, here we go. Why? It doesn't matter why. What the what is, is that he's not consistent. The what is, is that I doesn't, it doesn't work for me. 
uh, it, it it like activates my nervous system, to be honest. It makes me anxious and I can't take the anxiety. Um, I need predictability. I'm that person. I don't know. You know, I need predictability and calm. And if I have that, I feel a lot better. And the people in my life who are calm and predictable are a joy. You know, you know, you're going to call them, you know, they're how they're going to behave. You know how they're going to act. You know that they're going to love you. You know that they're not going to be wackadoodle and weird. And that's the kind of energy I think that I need in my life. Um, as far as romantic relationships go, (sighs) how to do that? Not a freaking clue. I couldn't even tell you, like, if you asked me to, I don't know, like how to run for president, I think I could figure that out. Um, I could figure out almost anything, but other human beings, a freaking mystery. I, I was like biking today and I thought, it's like humans are like a black box and like each person's like a black box and you don't know, you open the lid and you go, wow, okay, well, I didn't know that was in there. Um, even though it should be fairly obvious um, from people's behavior, not only what they say, but what they do. But I just, um, I have a hard time reading men that I like. That's it. Everybody else actually is not even that much of a mystery. It's just, it's just them. So, uh, let's get on with the book. Um, chapter 25, I can see it, you know, it starts off a little more optimistic than it ends up. And that's actually sad. It actually makes me kind of sad because I look at this book and I think every single choice I've made led me to where I am. It's not there's no other person. There's nobody out there who's like, there's a puppet master pulling the strings, you know? It's just me making choice after choice after choice. And they layer upon each other uh, such that I am sitting right here where I am. And look, I have a roof over my head. I have food in my mouth. My son is great. Um, I get to work as an artist full time. I mean, there's so many things about my life that are spectacular. Um, and then some of them that are just so such shit. <laughs> and I don't know. Uh, but the choices gave me both, I guess. I just want, I want less of the crap. Um, and so while well, I got divorced, so there's that. I just want less of the crap. I just want less people not being nice to me. Um, in intimate relationships, you know, you know, people in the supermarket can be, treat me however they want, but I just want kindness and consistency. It's, it's a kind of a low bar to clear, sadly, um, and I meet a few people who clear it. Chapter 25, The Revelation, May 26th. Thunderbolt, I'm back today if you want to get together tonight. Me? From where? Just left yoga. Definite maybe. Let me get home first. I got that text at 12.35. I'd left my phone in my car because otherwise it would have buzzed my smartwatch and totally taken me out of the zen of yoga. I needed that zen. When I'd gotten in my car after 1 p.m., there were other texts waiting from classic car guy that had arrived at exactly the same time 1235 must have been some magic hour when the universe put me in the mind of two different guys by now you know how this was likely to go classic car guy will say something endearing and heartwarming that will totally pull me back in will be he will be will he be available though likely not 
Thunderbolt was always my second choice, but he was consistent and on time and always there when he said he would be. So I left it, drove the 10 minutes home, lugged my farmer's market haul and empty water bottle up to my kitchen. I looked at my phone, spun around my kitchen, went into my utility room, cleaned the lint out of my dryer, heaved a big sigh, then made a decision. Thunderbolt, back from Orlando. Me, I'm in. Time, Thunderbolt, nine. Me, that works. See you later. Then, I had, I'm reading, um, I made a mistake. Um, it says basically whatevs with autocorrect because autocorrect is crap on an iPhone. I put down the phone and felt crushing guilt. I'd never felt that before any time I'd seen Thunderbolt. I'm the author of the chapter in the first installment of this little dating memoir. It's not cheating if there's no commitment. Up until this moment, it had been all about my agency, about spending time with a guy I liked but didn't like-like because the sex was good, the companionship was good, and he was physically, if not emotionally, available. But my friend was right. He was the T-G-I-U-T-A-F-A-T-O-G, the guy I used to avoid feelings about the other guy. Something about all that felt disingenuous and wrongheaded. The previous Friday, another friend, a devout Christian, had been over. She'd been ringside to these dates the past few weeks, and she was rooting for classic car guy. She thought I should see only him. So what if he was available only two nights a month? That would be enough for her, she'd said. Not that I'm judging, but my devout Christian friend was the poster girl for unavailable. Nearly 12 years after her own divorce, her ex had remarried. His son was born only a few days after my own, but she was still bitter about him leaving and wasn't quite ready to date, though quality men buzzed around her like flies. I didn't want what she had, a couple of dates a month that were destined to go nowhere. That kind of thing wasn't for me. I didn't realize it until I was falling half in love with someone who disappeared when he got overwhelmed by feelings. I couldn't figure out why there was guilt about choosing Thunderbolt over him, so I just lived with that feeling for a few hours until it all but disappeared with the sound of the text tone a few minutes before nine. Thunderbolt, getting ready to head over. Me? Okay. Thunderbolt, here. And he was here in my apartment, like clockwork, as always. He showed up. It started the exact way it always started. I asked Thunderbolt how he was. He remarked on how clean my apartment was. I offered him wine. He took a stool at my breakfast bar. So about that guy you're seeing, that was his opening gambit. Why are we back on that third wheel of conversation again, I asked. I thought we'd established during the first date that he did not want a relationship. I was in one, just with someone else. So I didn't have a clue as to why he gave two shits about the other guy. He didn't want what the other guy had, my full attention. I don't really care, but you can tell me, he said in the most, the two most contradictory sentences to be spoken in my apartment that day. The really not caring part of his speech didn't not at all match up with his so what about that guy part of his speech. So I told him an extremely edited version of Classic Car Guy's story. I moved the salt shaker to one side of my black granite counter. He said on his profile that there was no drama. I lifted the shaker, the rock salt making a sound like beans and castanets. Let's say that this salt is no drama. I lifted the pepper shaker and shifted about three feet from its salt companion, its multicolored corns giving off a different sound. This pepper is drama of the highest order. He nodded. I pointed toward the cabinet, way to the far side of the pepper shaker. He's over there in the drama department, varsity level. I send a sexy text. Twelve hours later, I get pictures of his kids. No words. I had no idea what in the hell to say to that. 
Thunderbolt's eyebrows shot up the way mine probably had when I literally got a response text of classic car with the two children he hadn't seen in over a year. Then we moved on to something else, mainly a download of his trip to Orlando doing a gig for ESPN. Wait, you came back from Orlando today? I asked, genuinely confused. Yep, I got up at 4 a.m. for the flight, upgraded for more room. Where did you text me from? I asked, because last time I checked, TSA and all those post-9-11 rules barred us from texting on planes. The plane, he said. How amazing is technology that you can text for a sex from 30,000 feet? For the protection of Thunderbolt's identity and to save him from federal prosecution, I'm just going to assume the plane had free Wi-Fi. It is amazing, I agreed. There was wine. More wine. Spilled wine. Me. Cleaning up. Him. Then we took the party to my bedroom. We were in that part where the clothes were coming off as fast as I could. I put a stack of condoms on my side table. It was the first time he'd brought them. I didn't know what to make of that show of responsibility, so I closed my eyes and took in the pleasure. If you want, we can do it without a condom, he said between kisses. My I'm sorry was an invitation to repeat what he just said. I have to admit that, one, I lose my ability to think clearly when someone is kissing me, and two, I was 90% sure I'd misunderstood him. I was just tested. I swear to God, it was like I'd been tossed in some romance novel where the hero talked about having been tested, and suddenly condoms go by the wayside. But you know, without the romance and happily ever after. Not tonight, I demurred. I'd honestly have to think about it. The number of times I'd had sex without a condom could be counted on one hand. Well, that was before the divorce, because it was the only the few times necessary to conceive my son. If we throw in that first night, you know, the five or six times a classic car guy, then it was a full two hands for sure, but still not a lot. After that, I'd been tested because while classic car guy was cute, oh for fuck's sake, sexy as all get out, and nice, I didn't know him well enough to trust that he was disease free. Then we stopped talking. It's as if Thunderbolt is in a contest with himself. Every time he comes over, he's got more tricks up his sleeve. Our first time together was tame in comparison to this night. This was let your freak flag fly sex. It was equal parts amazingly satisfying and exhausting. I appreciated the exhausting part because it would let me sleep long and hard later. The orgasms he gave me kept away that middle of the night insomnia where I reread classic car guy's texts and rehashed the moments we'd been together looking for clues about what he really felt or thought. He claimed to be an open book, but it felt like he constantly riffled those pages and I never really got to see anything. You know what? Thunderbolt said into the silence where I was processing my secretly non-monogamous guilt and he was dozing. What? You're funny and delightful. He yawned and then turned toward me. I didn't have to respond because in seconds he was asleep. The extra three hours of awake time and athletic sex had done him in. It was funny because in all these months I'd never seen him sleep. I left him to it. He was exhausted. I lay on my back watching the ceiling fan twirl. It was my ex's birthday. Thunderbolt has gotten my ex's annual birthday blowjob. I've never fallen asleep before. That was weird, he said when he woke up an hour later. I wasn't going to murder you in your sleep, so you're all good. When are you traveling again, he asked me. June. And you're gone for the whole summer? I told you this last week. I said kind of matter-of-factly. You're traveling to Korea and Aspen and maybe Italy, so you'll be gone as well. I wasn't sure why in the hell he was concerned with my summer plans. I never spent the summer in Southern California, probably a legacy of people fleeing the hot human swelter that was New York City when I was a kid. Summers were for, well, summering, and I didn't do it in the city that was already in perpetual summer. I liked a change of scenery when school wasn't in session. Why would you want to have sex without a condom, I asked. I've only done that about four times in my life, I added. 
that was true, or the statement would have been true before I met Classic Car Guy. For him, I totally abandoned my principles. For some reason, I trusted him, but verified. According to UCLA Health, I was clean. Seriously, he asked, open mouth. A friend of mine suggested that a minute a man got an erection, his prefrontal cortex, the part of his brain that does the reasoning, has judgment, etc., goes offline. For Thunderbolt, who I imagined was having and had had already all sorts of indiscriminate sex across many states, not thinking that protecting himself from disease and, you know, unplanned pregnancies was paramount, made me wonder when I wanted to get pregnant and that first time with the other guy. That's why I got tested in March. How often do you get tested? Twice a year, he said. So, sex without a condom? I really wanted to hear one of these excuses in person. I'd heard them all on the Savage Love cast, though I'm pretty sure Dan Savage had pulled out the results of some study that said that the idea that there was sensation loss with condoms had mostly been debunked. It's more intimate somehow. Sex is more organic without. I took a long pause trying to figure out why he'd want to be more intimate with me. Every other action that this man took practically screamed, I don't want intimacy. The people pleaser in me spoke up before the rational side of my brain could step in. Well, if you want to do it without a condom next time, that would be fine. Because apparently my own prefrontal cortex had gone offline. Or maybe I wanted more intimacy too. Before that thought could go anywhere, I shut that shit down. Next time then, he yawned big. Oh, okay. I should get going. Then he gathered up all his stuff, hailed his Uber or Lyft, and left. And I went to bed. Slept like a baby. No worries about classic car guy. To be honest, I was reliving the great sex and hadn't even a thought in my mind until the next morning. I got up early to hit the gym. While I was working out, I had world's biggest revelation. Because maybe sweating brings a brain back online in the exact opposite way sex takes it offline. Anyway, my huge revelation, classic car guy says he's available, but he's not. Thunderbolt says he's not, but he is or really wants to be. Also, I need to get the hell out of town for the summer. That's funny that that's what I thought. Um, <laughs> Thunderbolt. So Thunderbolt, not available. Classic car guy, not available. And of the men in these books that I went on dates with, mostly not available. Um, it's the kind of person I attract. They, I guess, I mean, we're humans. And so we're social creatures and want companionship, I guess. But, um, and I assume is that why guys are on dating apps? Because like the people I meet on dating apps are not available. Like they, I don't even think they would think that. I mean, honestly, like if you ask them, you know, like if they're like available and like really want like a relationship, I think if they were a hundred percent honest, they would say no. Um, so that's interesting. And even the ones like the pursuer ones, because that's what I get. Um, they say they want it, but they can't sustain it. I mean, they can't even sustain it for like a week or two weeks or a month. So that's like, I mean, you know, <laughs> if you're going to be like good at it, you should sustain it for at least a good six, eight, ten months. I don't know, maybe a year. It's hard to say. I just... Um, it just, I don't know, the whole thing makes me kind of sad, to be honest. I'm just over it. I'm just so over it. So if I'm emotionally unavailable, then I'm going to attract 
the same. So the only way to change it is to change my attachment style from avoidant to secure and to be available to people who are similarly secure or working on not being avoidant or not being anxious or whatever. And we're back to the black box. No freaking clue how that would even occur how that would be. I don't, I don't, I don't even, I don't, I don't even have the words for it. Like it is beyond my scope. So, um, maybe I'll figure that out one day. Hard to say, hard to say. Um, I shouldn't be recording this when I'm feeling sad. I'm just kind of feeling down mainly cause I have to like, again, excise a guy from my life who's not available. That's just, it's, it's like a freaking broken record and I'm kind of exhausted with it. And um, I don't know if I can do it anymore. I'm just feeling like I'm out of the energy to like deal with these kinds of people, the equivocal ones. So that's it for this week. I think I'm going to, you know, I don't know, finish drying my hair, get some writing done, maybe bake something for my son for school for next week. And uh, not spend all my day crying and feeling mopey, hopefully. And uh, see what the future brings. Because I have no idea what's coming next. I'm Jolie Moore, and this has been 51st Dates, the podcast. If you enjoyed listening, I hope you'll share, rate, and review it on Apple Podcasts. It will help others find the craziness that is dating in Southern California. Also, please hit the subscribe button on your podcast app. If you'd like to read ahead, my memoir, 51st Dates, is available wherever books are sold. A link is always included in the show notes. I'm also a romance writer. If you want to know more about my books, please visit joliemore.com for more information. You can also follow me on Instagram at xojoliemore and on all social media at the same handle, xojoliemore. Thanks for listening, and I'll be in your ears next week.